With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. Hey guys, it's Southern Disgrace. I'm Hillary. I'm Madison. I'm Ellen. And this week I have a case that I stole from Ellen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dirty thief. I didn't steal it. Ellen has a to-do list of like legitimately 50 cases. <laughs> And this just so happened to be one of the cases on her list, but it's actually about an SMU student. So we're headed to Texas for this one. Um, Madison still has the COVID. Poor yeah. thing. Stupid Can't COVID. Can't shake it. <laughs> we're hoping that by next week she won't have it anymore. But um, yes. she is enjoying the episode from the comfort of her bed. <laughs> and I don't blame you. Oh. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. And then um, I want to hear about the new Netflix movie that you guys watched. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So this happened in October 1984. It was a Saturday morning. Um, Sheila Wysocki, she is a student at SMU, Southern Methodist University. And she gets a call from a girlfriend that tells her that there's been an accident with one of their friends. And this girl was actually Sheila's college roommate at one point. Angela Samoda. She's 20 years old. So Sheila, of course, is freaking out. What could have possibly gone wrong? What kind of accident? She couldn't really get a whole lot of information. And then come to find out it was no accident at all. Angie's sorority sister, Evelyn Sandy, was told that Angie had been murdered. She had been found naked with 18 stab wounds, 10 of which had punctured her heart. Oh, God. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Gruesome, gruesome scene. So a little bit of backstory on Angie. Um, she had grown up in Amarillo, Texas, a couple of hours away from Dallas, and she had attended the exclusive all-girl Hockaday School. Um, she was a star student and continued down that path at SMU. Get this. She was a double major in engineering and computer science. Wow. She has a smart cookie. Yeah, and this is 1984, so I'm sure men's minds are blown. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She was probably one of, like, three women in the whole, you know, her whole class. Um, And she was really, had a really bright future ahead of her. She had actually just bought a condo for herself near the campus, which... I wouldn't, buy, I wouldn't buy nothing for myself when I was 20 years old. No, <laughs> I was like 30 when we bought our house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Angie's friends said that she was always the life of the party. She was genuinely beautiful inside and out. And her beauty attracted many admirers. Um, she would often find notes on her car from guys who thought she was beautiful and had seen her out and about on campus. And she would often receive flowers Another thing that didn't happen to me. <laughs> was uh, that's kind of creepy, though. Like a note on my car. You're yeah, hot. that's totally creepy. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. My sister-in-law one time got like a note on her car from a guy that had like parked next to her in the parking lot. And he was like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Super creepy. I um, don't receive notes, but I leave notes when people are <laughs> shitty parkers. Oh, okay. Um, I was but like, there, it's, I would, I would never see somebody and think, you know what? I need to leave a note on his car. Like he, <laughs> like I would never. But would you do it in 1984 though? 
Like that's because you there's no way that other no other means like, find of communication. Well, right. but even you can't, now, like, stalk him later. Yeah. If I see a rando, like if I don't know who he is, I'm never gonna be able to find him. True. I'm not that gifted in background searches. Like, um, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> even in 1984, I, I don't think okay. I would. See, I can see it happening in the 80s, but anywho's it was a different time. It was. <laughs> Um, So as far as Angie's love life There had been several men in her life Um, Her ex-boyfriend Lance Was the guy that she dated back home in Amarillo And she had actually dated him Through her freshman year at SMU So kind of like a long distance relationship However several of Angie's friends Said that she had told them That she was afraid of Lance Because he had a temper Um, Her boyfriend at the time of her death Was Ben he was several years older than Angie and had a successful professional life, um, still living in Dallas, but he was not a college student. Russell was a new male friend that had entered Angie's life. He had actually gone out with her the night of her death, along with one of her really good friends, Anita. And police initially wondered if anything romantic was going on between Angie and Russell and if Ben could have potentially been jealous. But according to Anita, the night that they all went out, the night that Angie was murdered, Ben knew about it and knew that Russell was going and didn't have a problem with it. Um, the night of her murder, Angie dropped Russell back off at his apartment around 1 a.m. His apartment was within walking distance of hers. She then drove Anita home and said that she would see her the next morning at the football game. They had some plans to tailgate and hang out with some friends. But instead of going straight home, Angie went to Ben's apartment first. And this is way past one o'clock in the morning. Ben said Angie had come to his apartment and not stayed very long before leaving to go home. He then said that she called him about 45 minutes later, so around 145, telling him that she had let a man she didn't know come into her apartment to use the phone and the bathroom. But she then told Ben, I'll call you back once he leaves. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm not letting a strange man into my apartment. At 145 in the morning. Uh, that's what I was going to say. What time was it? It was in the middle of the night? 1.45 in the morning. Yeah. Oh, god. Like, I'd be like, you can pee in my bushes out here. You don't have to use my right. bathroom. Right. right. Then go to the, you don't go to the door. Yeah. You, like, pretend you're not there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <sighs> so, she tells Ben, I'll call you back once he leaves. So, several minutes later, Ben still hasn't heard from her. And so, he drives over to Angie's, and he can't get inside the apartment. So he calls Dallas police and he told them what Angie had said. Well, investigators found Ben's demeanor on the 911 call oddly calm. Um, And I actually heard the tape from when he called 911. So he was telling them, my girlfriend can't come to the door. So like, wouldn't you say my girlfriend won't won't come to the door? Or like she's not, she's not answering the door. So he specifically said the words, she can't come to the door. And and back up a second, because if it was your actual girlfriend and she says, there's a guy at my door and I let him into the bathroom, are you going to let her off the phone before no. the guy leaves? No. Hell no. No. And honestly, I would have driven over there sooner. Yeah. And like, hold on, I'll be right there. <laughs> um, but it's also so- 84. So if you're going to drive there, you're going to have to get off the phone with her. Yeah, true. that's true. We don't have cell phones. You can't just hop in the car. Yeah. True. So he tells the so dispatcher. So he's waiting for a call back. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then he doesn't get one. So he wait he waits a couple of minutes. So he didn't wait too long and then he went over there. So I thought this was interesting. Um, but I guess if 
police were on scene, like, so, okay. So say one of our husbands won't come to the door. We can't get inside the house, whatever. Um, say the police come and like my instinct would be to immediately run into the house and like yes. try to find them. Right. Right. Um, well, police say that Ben waited in the living room and you have to think this probably isn't a very large apartment, but he waited in the living room and police enter the apartment. They go into Angie's bedroom and discover her body and they tell Ben that she's been murdered uh. and, and then police say his behavior is even more odd because he's not visibly upset. He doesn't ask questions. So he's kind of, you know, that might've been like a little bit of shock too, but he's literally just sitting there not doing anything. And he's just like, wouldn't you rush to her to be like, no, I don't believe it. Uh, Yeah. Let me see. Did police like, were they going to let him go? You know, like if they're opening the door, were they like, you need to stay back? Or were they like, we're just going to see if this guy runs like. That's what I'm thinking, because, you know, potential crime scene police probably did tell him to stay put and, you know, we'll go in and investigate further. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, if if I knew Evan was home, I mean, he knew she was there. I would have broken a window or like a door to, you know, to get in. Yeah. I would have attempted to enter the house and then be like, oh, hey, that broken glass right there, that was me. Like, I broke it to get in. Right. But if he didn't and he went ahead and called the police and then they were like, you need to wait out here, I wouldn't try to, like, push past them to go in. Right. No. But it is definitely odd that he's just sitting there and he's not upset and he's not asking questions because I was yeah, like that's weird first There's of all of lose it but then have. I'd have a ton of questions <laughs> yeah yes. there would be questions I don't know if I would try to like go in and see the body after they've told me that he's dead right. but I would definitely have questions yeah and definitely be upset yeah so Ben's behavior is a little bit odd um so something else that was odd that the police noticed so this all happened roughly between 1 45 2 a.m and Ben had said that Angie had woken him up when she came over. However, he was freshly showered. Um, his hair was wet. He smelled of fresh soap. And he was wearing a clean pressed shirt. What? Which I'm going to be looking like a hobo at 2 o'clock in the morning if you wake me up. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have showered. I definitely won't be in a bra. Like, <laughs> right. I will not be uh, camera ready. Right. So things are just a little bit odd. Okay. So Ben's kind of already on a high alert as far as the police are concerned. Well, they also start looking at Angie's ex, Lance from Amarillo. And they start talking to Angie's friends and they confirmed he did have a violent streak. They said that he was obsessed with her and he would come to Dallas all the time to see her even after they had broken up. And Amarillo is like several hours away. So it wasn't a quick trip. Sheila said that Angie had once called her screaming because Lance had come to her house and threatened her with a knife and ended up shredding all of her clothes. Ooh. Yeah. So he's That's psycho. He's a little a little anger management going on. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So an autopsy of Angie determined that she had been sexually assaulted. Back in 1984, of course, no DNA, but they could at least do a type of test that would determine whether the perpetrator was a secretor or a non-secretor. Okay. okay. Meaning left sperm or not sperm? But he leaves his it's his blood type or his DNA. He leaves his blood type in his secretions. Yep. yep. Oh, I, I figured they all did. No. Uh-uh. Okay. So fun fun fact, uh, 80% of the American population are secretors, which means your bodily fluid contains markers for blood type. And then the other 20%, known as non-secretors, don't have those markers. Really? Mm-hmm. So um, the killer was a non-secretor. And this helped authorities determine that Lance was not the perpetrator because blood tests revealed that he was a secretor. And in addition, he had an alibi putting him about 370 miles away from Angie the night of the murder. So cross Lance off the list. Um, Authorities checked Ben for defensive wounds and they checked his vehicle and they checked his apartment. They were checking it for all kinds of evidence. Well, tests show that he was also a secretor. So, couldn't have been him. So, he and Lance have both been eliminated as suspects. Ben just handles massive amounts of stress in a not very good (laughs) way. Right. And the first thing he does, I guess, when he feels stress is he takes a shower and irons a shirt. (laughs) Or he could be involved in some other way. Could be. Um, but they at least don't have the physical evidence from Ben. So, they they crossed He did not sexually assault her. Now, the third guy that I told you that he or she had gone out with the night of her murder is Russell, who was the quote-unquote new friend. Russell was a non-secretor, and they said that the perpetrator was a non-secretor. So they start looking at him. Well, Russell was adamant that there was nothing romantic going on between him and Angie and that they had literally just gone out as friends. Anita was there, um, and police asked Anita if she thought that Russell was romantically interested in Angie since she had been out with the two of them. And she said she didn't think that he was romantically interested. But what was interesting is that Russell keeps going on about how the night of the murder, Angie was like, you know, they're at the bar, they're drinking. She's out on the dance floor meeting all kinds of people. And Russell said that he and Anita were pretty much just like sitting at the high top drinking the whole night. Hmm. So he, he was spending more time with Anita. Um, well, what Anita didn't know was the day after the crime, Russell bounced. He left town, which seemed oddly suspicious. And so Angie's friend, Sheila, met with police who mapped out their theory about Russell. So they proposed that he had um, snapped, grabbed a knife, took her into the bedroom, and proceeded to rape her. And they said it was probably just a moment of passion, and it was the only murder that he would ever commit— But police ask Sheila to be a little insider for them and have dinner with Russell and start asking him about his whereabouts the night of the murder. But she was on the phone with her boyfriend the night she was murdered. And she told her boyfriend that some strange man or somebody she did not know had come in. So are they thinking, what are the, like, it's just a coincidence that a rando was using her phone and bathroom but mm-hmm. this guy she did know murdered her. Uh-huh. 
yeah, I think this, I think this rules out that other guy. It has to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Ah. Oh, hold on. My tablet. Well, okay. Um, so let's see. Even with Sheila, Russell stuck to his story and he was like, I did not do anything. I did not have any romantic relation, like a romantic interest in Angie. And, um, actually Russell had been giving, Russell had been given a lie detector test in the couple of weeks after the murder and he passed it with flying colors. And he's like adamant. I did not do this. I didn't have anything to do with it. I believe him. So the case goes cold. Um, and several months later, police took a second look at the test results and they determined that Russell had been deceptive when answering questions about Angie's murder. But Russell soon lawyered up and police told Angie's friend Sheila that he was leaving the country and there was nothing that they could do about it because they didn't have enough evidence to charge him with anything. So Russell Buchanan was not arrested. He was not charged in Angie's murder. And he actually went on to become a successful architect. And years and years and years go by. And the case is still cold. And Russell opens up about it, starts opening up about it to more people. And he says he never felt like it was a date. He said he honestly didn't even know Angie that well. And like I said, he had spent most of the night sitting at the high top with Anita and Angie was out on the dance floor. And then Russell said that he had gone to bed as soon as Angie and Anita had dropped him off that night. But obviously there was no one there to corroborate that story. But poor Russell, like watching the interview with him, he was clearly harassed by the police. He said that about two or three times a month for several months, police would randomly pick him up for questioning. And I can't imagine like you pass the lie detector test and like there's literally no physical evidence tying you to the crime. You are an honest person and you're being adamant that you didn't do it. And they're just constantly picking you up and questioning you. And like I believe you, the country too. God, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't blame them. Um, so he said that police would show him photos of the crime scene, which poor guy, <laughs> like having to constantly be subjected to that, but they would constantly show him photos of the crime scene and they just became outright accusatory telling him he was responsible for Angie's death. So At least he wasn't dumb enough to admit to it. Yes. Like a lot of these other people. You oh know? my God. Good on Russell. That's for sure. Yeah. He didn't crack under pressure. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the case is, goes cold for 20 years. So we're in 2004 now. And Angie's friend Sheila had a revelation, and she called Dallas police to ask for updates in the case and if they would consider reopening it. And police told Sheila – this I actually thought this was really sad. Police told Sheila that in the 20 years since Angie's murder, Sheila was the first person who had called to ask about it. What about her so parents? I guess I don't know. <laughs> they said she was the I first person to call. Mm. Yeah, maybe she was the only friend wow. that called. Um, so this actually prompted Sheila and motivated her to take a huge step. She became a private investigator, like got her license, got certified, all that jazz. She wanted to see if she could actually help solve Angie's murder, and Sheila is actually has been convinced from day one that Russell did it. And so 
In 2006, she earns her private investigator license and she calls the police again and she asks them to send her all the information that they had on the case, but police didn't respond well to that and they refused to give her anything, which I don't know how it works with private investigators, but I would assume that police aren't super willing to give all that up. But like Um, the case has been cold for 20 years. Well, what's it going to hurt you? It's not like you're actively pursuing it. Like let this other lady have a crack at it while you solve more current problems. Get some more eyes on it. Um, Sheila continued to call the police department to speak to the lead detective on the case. And after several months, she was put in touch with the investigator who was looking at cold cases in the Dallas police department. The investigator realized that they did have a rape kit in the lab and could use it to hopefully find a DNA match. And Sheila, friend of the year, she even offers to write a personal check to ensure that the sample be tested. But she was told that this wasn't allowed. So she couldn't personally pay for it. But she was willing. I wonder how much Um, it costs. Yeah, I don't know. She didn't say. But um, finally, in March 2008, the DNA was entered into CODIS, the National DNA Database. So finally, after 24 years, police had a DNA match and it wasn't Russell. Thank you. <laughs> they found a match. Awesome. They did, they did find a match, but it wasn't Russell, so he is officially exonerated. Um, Dallas police called him to apologize for anything that they had done to accuse him of a crime in the case, and they wished him well. And y'all, watching this interview with Russell, God love this man, because he was like, I don't have any ill feelings towards them. <laughs> Russell's a better person wow. than me. <laughs> right? Yeah. He said it's he nice had, that they call because a lot of times they'll just, you know, gloss over it and be like, whatever. No, yeah. Not even tell him, you know. Yeah. So he said he had no ill feelings towards them. He didn't harbor any ill will. And he was just an innocent bystander who was wrongfully accused. But also, wow. like, it's been 24 years. So the odds that, like, the detectives on the case back in the 80s were not the detectives who called to apologize, like, and they're not the, yeah. the ones on the case working now. So, like, you have this random guy who, like, oh, hey, we're <laughs> sorry our department did this. Like, right. I'm going to need those original guys to give me a call up and be like, <laughs> right. I'm sorry I was such an asshole to you, sir. And if the original guy was dead, I would promptly go to that guy's grave and go, uh-huh, I told you so. <laughs> Stand there. Um, okay, so the man whose DNA was found in Angie Samoda's body was Donald Andrew Bess. Complete rando. Um, he had previously been arrested and convicted of two different rapes. Donald had been out on parole for only seven months on a rape charge when Angie was raped and killed. And she let him in to use the restroom. Why? He literally had come to her door and asked to use the phone in the bathroom when when Angie called Ben that night. God love her. Um, In May 2008, Donald Best was charged with Angie's rape and murder. And the trial took place two years later when Donald was 61 years old. Angie's roommate, Sheila. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who had gone on to become the private investigator. She was present during the trial. And Anita and Russell, who had been with Angie the night of her murder, um, 
both testified. Robbie McClung, who was on the defense team, said that just because Donald's DNA was found in Angie does not mean that he murdered her. Which I know that's a pretty popular defense tactic amongst defense attorneys, but mm-hmm. her her defense tactic was to make Angie's boyfriend Ben the suspect, but also pointed fingers at Lance. And, um, you know, clearly he had a violent temper. He had a little bit of a mean streak. They assholes put the blame on Angie herself for making Ben jealous that night because a bouncer who was at the bar where Angie and Anita and Russell had gone out to talked about the way Angie had been dressed that night and Uh, the way that she flirted with men while she was out at the club. So the defense, the defense attorney said it was all her fault. Um, I hope that that defense attorney wasn't a woman for one. Yeah. I didn't look up Robbie McClung. I guess it could go either way. <laughs> like, oh, that makes me so angry. I know. I know. Um, well, despite all of this, the jury deliberated for less than an hour and found Donald Best guilty. And the same jury sentenced him to death. And his appeal to the Texas Supreme Court was denied back in 2013. So he remains on death row at the Polensky unit in Livingston, Texas. Good. So he I mean, got away with it for 24 years. Were there any, and he had done stuff before, but like, did he commit any crimes after Angie, but before he got caught? I don't think so. I think all of his previous crimes were before. Hmm. What? So, yeah. They didn't say <laughs> anything about, me. yeah, they didn't say anything about in between, but all because she let him in to use the phone. <sighs> Thank God oh for gosh. cell phones now. Yeah, like if somebody knocks on your door, you need a phone now. You're like, what? Sean Sean and I were talking about that because um, I think when I was telling you all about how I watched that show where the guy had murdered his family and then he went and ran to a neighbor's house and was like, can I use your phone to call 911? (laughs) And he was going to like call 911 on himself. But seriously, like. Back in the day, you know, yeah. your, gut, your gut instinct is to help people. So sure. if someone if someone comes to your door screaming, you think something's wrong, somebody's chasing them, someone's attacking them, whatever, they say they need help and they need to come inside and use your phone, of course your gut reaction is, okay, come on, like, stay, come inside where it's safe. But I told Sean, I was like, you can't do that anymore. Like, if someone comes to your door and is asking you to call the cops and even if they seem distressed, like, you literally, I would be like, Okay, you stay out there. I'll call the cops for you. Like, <laughs> yes. You can't let them in your house anymore. Mm-mm. Well, no, and even if it's like a, oh, hey, my car broke down, like, and my phone's dead. Can I, like, I just need to call AAA. Like, I can hand you my phone while you stand on my front step, and I, you know, <laughs> like, watch you call. You I'm don't have sure to that enter was my a- house. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like a thriller movie with Idris Elba where he had car troubles and then he turned out to be a yeah. psycho. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> we you got to know better that. than that. I know. So, yeah, um, I'm so glad that, you know, a lot of cold cases, obviously, they go decades and decades and don't get solved. And 24 years after she was murdered, finally got solved. Well, That's 24 good. years and one very dedicated best friend. No kidding. Right. Like, I would 100% <laughs> become a private investigator and solve your murder. Oh, so, thank you. Wait, which one? Uh, both of us? <laughs> both of yeah, I solved both of you. I don't even know what, 
what all is entailed in becoming a private investigator. So if we have anyone who's listening who is a private investigator, like is married to one, like let us know because I'm super intrigued about that. Yeah. Are there actual, you know, like classes you take or licenses yeah. you have to get? I think you do have to get a license. You do have to get a license, but I just don't know. Like, do private investigators specialize in things or can you like be a private investigator for anything? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it works. I would guess so. I know you get like, you know, access to like, uh, what are like, oh my God, I can't even think of the word. Different databases and stuff. Yes. Databases, like all that kind oh, of cool. stuff. But that might be yeah. worth it right there. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start taking classes. <laughs> I teach you how to be covert and hide in a car while you snap pictures of your husband's new girlfriend leaving speaking, the bar. Speaking. Okay. I have two quick little stories about that. So, First, did y'all know that there is an app called Mole where you can get paid a couple of bucks to live stream a place for someone? We were talking about that on our morning show this morning. We were saying how creepy that is because it could definitely be used for bad. It could be used for the criminals to look look into like before they go and and hurt somebody. Yes, yes. That's true. Is that, okay, so say you're using that as, like, you know, you think your husband's cheating on you, and so you pay someone to go live stream the front of, like, the restaurant you think he's at. Uh-huh. Is that admissible in court? Like, I, I would think, think so, so if you have, like, a license. Well, I don't know about more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if it's just, oh, hey, I paid random Joe Blow five yeah. bucks to go live mm-hmm. stream the front door of you know, McDonald's for two hours, like. I think it would be, I mean, if you have video evidence of something. I guess it depends on how good the video quality is. <laughs> or what you're trying to prove. Is it just to get like more money in the divorce or did they like murder somebody? You know what I mean? What kind of case are we talking about? Yeah. Um. So when I was um, working in Auburn, so the radio station in Auburn is very, very small. We have a very small parking lot and <laughs> basically if anybody pulls into the parking lot, like if you're up there at the front, you can see them. And so this was way back when, after I first started working there, but, um, a car pulled into the parking lot and it was just sitting there and no one came out and you could see a guy that was sitting in it, but it was, he was sitting there for a while. And so we were all kind of like, mm, this is a little creepy. Like, what's he doing? Well, my boss like had no fear and he just went out there and like, Knocked on the window. And he was Can like, I help you? Yeah, he was like, hey, buddy, what you doing? Or whatever. Well, it turned out. And so when the guy had parked, he was parked toward, he was facing the road. And it turns out that he was a private investigator. And he was trying to catch a guy that had been going home on his lunch break cheating. Oh. And so he was parked toward the road where the guy would drive down past a radio station to get to his house. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> man. Those are some billable hours. Like, you just have to sit in your car and watch the road for three hours. I, know. I would I would be a horrible private investigator because I would fall asleep. <laughs> well, <laughs> You're looking at I'd Facebook. be, like, scrolling on TikTok and, like, I'd miss the car go by. Oh, my gosh. I know. So, I thought that was pretty funny. But, yes, if we do have any private investigators listening, shoot us a message because I want to hear all about it. I want to hear the juicy stuff. Okay, so I want to hear about the new movie that dropped on Netflix that you guys watched this week. The oh, Devil, the Devil All, all the, time. the Time. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's dark. Like, I didn't know what to expect because the reason I was interested in watching it was because it was shot mostly in Alabama, like yeah. in the Jacksonville and Aniston area. And they like, shot some at Oak uh, Mountain. Some oh, really? Some in Lena, some mm-hmm. in Dora. I mean, they, they really were all over the place. And so I thought it would be pretty cool. Of course, the movie's based in like Ohio and West Virginia, but <laughs> it's funny it was all yeah. in Alabama. So and uh, it was dark. Is it- is it like a psychological thriller? Like, how would you? No, it's not like, really. No, it's not psychological. I mean, I didn't think it was. It's not a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. It's literally just this dark story of all these different people. Like, you're kind of following along different storylines mm-hmm. and like different characters, and then they all connect. Yeah. And it's just dark and it's like, super depressing. depressing like I, I i kept going oh my god what worse all these bad things happen like there's nothing really good happening in this oh, movie. i was it, like Dang. i thought it ended well though like yeah. i was surprised it ended how it did because i was like oh god this is gonna be one of those where just like nothing good happens <laughs> yeah and then it ended and i was like oh okay like i can get on board with this yeah Exactly. But, but I, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I would take t- I would take time and watch it. It was good. Except for you guys have to watch out because of the the um the thing that you're most worried about in movies. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. A dog does die in oh. 29 minutes and 15 seconds into the movie. <laughs> the dog dies. I can't oh. handle it. I'm gonna skip that part. It's not as bad as. But I they don't it show it, right? No. But you not just at the time. Happens. They show it later. Like, though. You, there's a like. There's <laughs> oh, a later what? on. You see like a clip. It's in like a flashback of the dog dead, but it's very quick. And if like you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. But it's, is it's it a, worth is a watch. Is it a gruesome killing mm. that they show? It's no. not a gruesome killing. Madison, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's, it's what it's happens a, after yeah. that is gruesome. Um, right. It's a really gruesome movie, though. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't, fucking not, that. it doesn't paint, um, preachers in the best <laughs> light well we no. do have a lot of episodes about preachers <laughs> right literally every preacher in the film except for like one is just a total d-bag and can we talk about robert pattinson's bad southern accent what was that <laughs> he, his whole care the way he dressed the way he talked the way he looks i was like this is bad yes i find robert like pattinson him. very creepy so when well, I saw the trailers for it, I was like, yeah, that's like the perfect casting because he's creepy. <laughs> yes. There's one point in the, like, and he's, I mean, he's an asshole. Like you are not going to like him at all, but there's one point where he's given us like a, a sermon and he's like, delusions. Has <laughs> <laughs> it really weird? Like he physically pained me. Oh my yes. God. It Anytime didn't sound before. Southern. It was very weird. Whatever accent he was trying to go for. I don't know what, what that was. <laughs> yeah, and he was supposed to be from Tennessee, wasn't he? Yes. It was not Tennessee at all. No, <laughs> no. But Tom Holland, uh, Spider-Man, was great and amazing. Yes. And yes. you don't hate him in the movie, so. Okay, I like him outside of this movie, so. <laughs> I'll have to see. I don't know. I'm, like, so worked up about it. I don't know if I can handle it. You, you can. can. Compared to y'all. You can. I did start watching um, Ratchet, which. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I only watched, that's the new Ryan Murphy show that dropped on Netflix with Sarah Paulson and all the usual suspects from his American Horror Story series. Um, Do you think we need to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest first? Because I haven't ever seen that. Probably. I have, have you not seen it? Se- I haven't seen it in a really long time. I haven't yeah. seen it at all. 
Oh, well, that's what the character is based off of. So I need right. to watch that before. Because I didn't quite understand. Like, it looks like it's an American Horror Story. Yeah, season. The, like a season. Yeah. I didn't realize it was based off. Or oh, the character yeah. was based off. Yeah, so that One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Nurse Ratchet. And so this is like a prequel to that. To that. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know... Like I'm, a, I only watched the first episode so far, but obviously it's super creepy. But she is a nurse, and like she weasels her way into a mental hospital, but she starts manipulating people to do certain things while she's there. Wasn't that an I've, season I've of American Horror Story? Good. Um, Asylum. Yes. Okay, yeah. Didn't we already cover this? Yeah, but I just love Sarah Paulson, so I was like, I'll give it a go. Um. But anyway, so yeah, those if are on you Netflix. like, if you like, um, uh, the like the whole idea of a, a character being brought back uh, mm-hmm. for a prequel. I ended up during this whole pandemic or during this whole being sick with the COVID. I've had so much time to watch stuff. I watched um, Castle Rock, two seasons of Castle Rock on. Oh. I think it was Prime. I think it was no. I think it was Hulu, and it's 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 all based on Stephen King's characters. And so the second season is about, um, do you remember Nurse Annie, where she mm-hmm. hobbles James Caan in oh, what from movie Misery. is that? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so it's her character before she meets and does that to James Caan. And the second season insane. is? The second season. The first season is about, um, which I had no idea that Stephen King even wrote Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. But it's about the pr- yeah, but it's about the prison, uh, the Shawshank oh. Redemption prison. And then they tied both seasons together with one character. So it's interesting. I I, I would uh, say watch that. I, I liked it. Okay. Interesting. We have lots of things to watch. I was binging uh, Law & Order SVU over the weekends because it just never gets old. <laughs> wow. I started re-watching ER because um, really? all the seasons are on Hulu. And like... Oh. Oh. I watched my mom watched ER when I was little and so like I watched it with her yeah and so I was like I want to go back and like watch this on my own and I will say like is it as good as you remember <laughs> it is it's good I mean it's obviously like sh- you know I think it started in what the 90s so like it's dated but you know it it doesn't have as much like relationship drama as Grey's Anatomy does but mm-hmm. like it's still, you know, like you get the cases that you get really attached to and that you cry because they die or, you know, and you have the interpersonal relationships. I'm on and board with George ER. Clooney, so, right? And George Clooney. Right. He doesn't <laughs> hurt. Yeah, my mom used to watch ER all the time, so I watched it growing up, too. <laughs> well, go back and rewatch it, and it's good. I love how, um, I don't know if y'all even watch it or, like, if you've ever paid attention, but Law & Order SVU cracks me up because they pull like real cases but then of course they have the disclaimer at the beginning and they're like this story is entirely fictional and it doesn't have anything to do with real people (laughs) but like (laughs) yeah like they have a case that's like harvey weinstein ish Mm -hmm. where girls would like go audition for movies in hotel rooms with like the director and then um they have a casey anthony one too oh i haven't seen that one but the one i watched this weekend was jeffrey epstein ish (laughs) Oh, I oh. yeah. And so it was like this uh, guy and his girlfriend were like super loaded and they would um, prey on these young girls and bring them to the house and have all kinds of parties. And 
So Sh- Sean was even like poking his head in and like kind of like sort of watching it. He was like, is that like supposed to be Jeffrey Epstein? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't um, like change that many detail. Like it's very obvious who the episodes right. are meant, like the cases are based on. And I can't um, even but, remember, but you know how, like, so Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend is Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. Well, the character of the girlfriend in this episode, like, I can't even remember what it was, but it was a very funky name that started with a G. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all could have done something a little different. <laughs> they want you to know it is, but they're not allowed to legally let you know that it is. <laughs> I know, it's great. I just love Mariska, Mariska Hargitay, and I love iced tea in it. <laughs> really? I've never even watched it. Never? Pretty good. I don't think so. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. What was well, I watched? I tried to do Criminal Minds like on Netflix one day, and I don't know. I'm sure that would be good. Is yes. It, have you seen that? Is it? I, I like Criminal Minds is the like top notch. Really? Second only to Forensic Files. Like, <laughs> but I like fell asleep, and so then I didn't know what was happening, and then so I didn't. I need to start it over and just start. Yeah, I never, fresh, I never watched Criminal Minds. Oh my god, y'all, please you have to watch it. The, okay. Like it gets better once you get rid of a couple characters and like get a couple more <laughs> get brought in. The first seasons are not the best seasons, but it gets really, really good, and like they have really creepy cases, and they have a lot of guest stars, and I mean Matthew Gray Goobler's like. I love him. Gray Goobler? <laughs> Matthew Gray Goobler. <laughs> who? Are you I don't know who that is. It's the guy who plays is that the main guy? Reed. We don't hmm. know who that is. We don't watch it. Well, Google him. <laughs> Gray Goobler. <laughs> G-U-B-L-E-R. Goobler. Okay. Did you watch... Um. Oh, shit. What was that? Oh, Gray's his middle name. <laughs> yeah. But he goes by Matthew Gray Goobler. Like, I got um, you. Did you watch... Um. That Hulu show that had Kat Dennings in it, and it was really funny. Oh, my God. Dollhouse? Oh, Mm-mm. I didn't watch it. Oh, well, Mm-mm. God, that's a good one. Y'all need to go back and watch it. It's not <laughs> murder. It's, that just, one too. it's just funny, but he's in that one. I got for a little bit. Um, Speaking of Epstein, uh, there was an article the other day that his ex-personal chef is... Uh, cooperate uh, cooperating with the FBI, so uh-huh. I'm interested to see what he had, what tea he has to spill. Yeah, plenty. I like how they're finding all these kids and you know getting all these people off the street that are doing the sex yeah. trafficking. It's awesome. There's not a lot of stories about it, but I mean you're you're hearing little you know nuggets here and there about these many people saved and these people arrested. So it's good. Well, and your homeboy from Cheer, I didn't watch it, but uh, Jerry from Cheer got pinched. I'm telling you. Sick. It's freaking insane. I thought he was a good person. And now I'm (laughs) not going to go watch it. No, I know. I'm telling you, because if you watched it, you would freaking love him. Everybody did. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, even he was not Ellen, like, they they took him to one of the award shows, and he was like, yeah. I mean, like, he... Like celebrities <laughs> he was very even lo- liked him. Yeah, he was super lovable. So it's really sad uh-huh. if it's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, but yeah. So side note on that case, because I texted y'all about it. So he got charged with producing child pornography. And the minimum sentence for someone who produces child pornography is 15 years. And I texted wow. I texted y'all about it because I was like, 
there are people who literally murder people who don't spend 15 years in prison. So I just can't wrap my mind around that. Yeah. But if you're producing it, like that's bad. <laughs> oh yeah. But there, it's probably too gonna like, he's going to get the producing it charge, but then he'll have like, you know, being in possession of, and like they'll right. lump a whole bunch of stuff in it. Like, so I want to know probably what more that than actually years. means. Like, what does, what, what did he actually do? You know what I'm saying? Cause I think yeah, you can charge like, me with that without actually maybe doing what we think it is. You right. Know, who knows? Cause based, based off the article I read and like, again, not justifying him. I just think it's interesting how they define things because like I told y'all the article that I read, you basically can be charged with producing it. Even if someone sent you something. Wow, that's crazy. But, like, the fact that he, like, I guess enticed them to send him something, he gets hit with that charge. Wow. That's not what you think of when you think of producing. I would think yeah. of, like, children in a basement. I would think that basement. would be, like, You know soliciting. what I'm saying? Right. That's what I'm right. saying. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Wow. We'll see what comes of that. Well, yeah. Jerry's gonna be in a world of hurt, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. He's gonna be put away for a long time. He's, he's from Alabama, y'all. Is he? Yeah. He was always wearing Alabama shirts, remember? In the show likely university of alabama stuff yeah but i think he's from alabama like I, I i have to look it up but i think he actually is from alabama originally hmm. interesting well we don't claim him no <laughs> he lives in Texas definitely now, not. right okay <laughs> yeah or he was up in illinois that's where his family was oh really or the people who like adopted him oh oh goodness um all right well ellen what's your teaser for next nope. week i don't have one <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I thought I you were just like, prepared. I'm not doing one. I was like, oh, you have one to. Of her 49, <laughs> one of her 49 yeah. faces, not the you one that you just, just did. You should just pick a number, one through 50. And just, okay, <laughs> look, I'll number them, and then I'll get y'all to choose a number, and then I'll do the case based on that. So if it's sucks, <laughs> okay. it's y'all's fault. But. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, leave us a review. Send us any case suggestions. We're on Facebook and Instagram, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.